the strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm going with the force of forces with me. That's not how the Force works. Well, let's start somewhere. Welcome everybody to the KyberCast. This is episode number 55, recorded July 14th, 2020. My name is Joe Becker. I am one half of this podcasting team. Joined me, as usual, each week. And I am Michael Diaz. I am the other half of this podcast. Right, you're more like what? What'd you say last time? Three six or something. Some math some math that I didn't I almost said the better half, but then that makes me sound like we're married and we're not. No, not yet. They haven't lots well, of it's legal here. <laughs> it's legal throughout the US. Yeah. Um This is gonna be a fun show, I think. Maybe. I don't know. There's a lot to finally talk about this week, so I'm fairly excited to Jump into this. There's been news happening. It feels almost, and it, it and it feels weird with with the with COVID still hanging over everything and getting worse in some areas and slightly worse here. Um, but it feels like there's this is the first kind of like opening of a lot of things that we've had in a while. At least some news, you know. Agreed. I mean, let's face it. Usually by now we've would have been through half, at least half of the major summer blockbusters. Right. And because of COVID, not getting any of that right now. So news and whatnot geek stuff has been at a low. Thank God for comics and books. I, I really miss the theater. I'm not going to lie. I, oh, I, I miss, miss going to see the show. I miss it yeah. 100%. But to fill in that time, well, thank, thank the Flying Spaghetti Monster for Netflix. <laughs> and like I said, I've been catching up on a lot of comics and reading geek stuff. Yeah, I really thought there'd be like more drive-ins and stuff opening or some kind of makeshift stuff. I, I did hear, this isn't even on our list, but no, I brought it, I did hear that Walmart is going to put up drive-ins in some of their parking lots for people and, and do something that way. Not a terrible idea. Here, where we are in western Michigan, the closest one that I'm aware of is over in Muskegon, which is about an hour from... Me, I don't know how far it is from you, Joe. It's about the same, just you know, the other direction, right? You know, well, I think you're gonna take all country roads to get there, whereas I can get there off the expressway. The, the point being, it's about an hourish away, and movies start around nine thirty or so, so they're double yeah, features. You know, if I'm gonna sit around, I'm not gonna sit, you know, an hour away from home till two in the morning. No, not at all. I mean, especially since they don't really have anything new. No, right? no. Well, they used to. That's you know, a couple of years ago. That's where I saw Solo, and I loved it seeing it on the you know on the drive-in theater. But I have been looking. I did notice right. uh, a couple of weeks ago they had Jurassic Park, which I'd see there on the at the drive-in. I would see that there. Right. But the one which I ironically to do last week. Yeah, was, or, uh, or coincidentally. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, I was going to say um, in uh, the Empire Strikes Back is out. It's, it's the top of the box office right now. <laughs> the reissue at, uh, at various drive-ins and things like that across the country, I guess. But um, it's interesting. I'll go see it again. Uh, I'm trying to convince the uh, girls to go see it. They don't have much interest. But it's kind of fitting it being its 40th anniversary anyway this summer, so why not? Yeah, why not? They have nothing to lose. Except for, I don't know, symptoms if you're in a theater. Uh, some of them were in the UK as well. Anyways, that's that's a sidetrack already. We're not even three minutes into the flipping show, and it took us off a tangent. So, <laughs> a lot of news this week. Um, we can go through this before we do the fun thing, which, well, it's all fun, but Michael and I did watch The Old Guard. And we will be reviewing that a little later in the show. So be aware that there are spoilers uh, for the old guard. But that's coming up. Um, but first things first, we've got some news that 
I don't know if it's news, is it? Black Widow confirmation of Florence Pugh? I mean, is that news? Didn't we know it's that? more of just a confirmation. I think everyone figured it was going that direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, Marvel's been very clear that Black Widow, played by Scarlett Johansson, is dead. She's not coming back. Right. But they did this prequel movie. So what happens before she dies... But we also know that she's coming from, you know, we, we've seen already in what was it, uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. We saw right. that, got a glimpse into how she was trained. So we knew there were more of them. And then comes along Florence Pugh. So I have no doubt she's going, I mean, I have no doubt she was going to replace her or succeed her or however you want to say it. Do you think and, at the end of, of this Black Widow film that the end will be, uh, her family, like, being part of the snap. Oh, that's a good... I, didn't, I had not thought of that. That's an excellent thought. I have no idea. Because, like, if they're that good, why wouldn't they come fight? Right? Some of them? So they have to be part of the snap, I would think. Like, after she, like... My guess is maybe, like, the last shot is her leaving the family or something, and she's on a plane or whatever, and then cut back and... Or whatever she... And then they're gone. They're like, you know, like... like almost like the beginning of Endgame, where... Hawkeye loses his family, which is still a stunning piece of film. Very much so. Very much so. Here's my thought. Again, I have no inside information. Obviously, I've not seen the film. But I see this film, Black Widow ending, with the group we see, her family. Mm-hmm. I see them gathering at the end to have kind of a somber own little funeral or gathering to pay their respects. And then we move on to Florence Pugh being the new Black Widow. Right. But that I think she's going to be part of the snap. I think she'll be part of the snap. And that's how she... That makes sense. That makes sense. So, so that'll be cool. I mean, in our alternate universe, we would have seen this already. But we're in the in different one right now. So, yeah. how long do you think they're going to wait? Like, they can't wait forever. So, they're going to have to bite a bullet at some point. Like, my guess is Labor Day is going to be a big deal. Like if they can't if they can't release Black Widow by Labor Day, they can't wait till Christmas, right? They're going to be way behind. They're going to have to stream it. Yeah, because what the Inhumans was supposed to come out in November, not the Inhumans. Yeah, sorry. the Eternals. Nobody ever yeah, wants right. to mention the Inhumans ever again. Um, right. Eternals is supposed to come out this November. That's I don't. They can't have Well, the way Marvel does their films, they come out in order because each one leads into the next or it has a hint about the next one. It's not always a straight linear thing. Sometimes they make hints about other films that are coming later. Right. But unless, I mean, maybe they can do that with this. Maybe the hint, whatever the, you know, credit, post-credit scene that we see in Black Widow does, has, does nothing or has nothing to do with the Eternals. Who knows? Yeah. So maybe they can release Black Widow at a later date, but you know, because the Eternals is a cosmic entity, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if things are at a point where people can return to the theaters, that yeah, Eternals comes out and maybe they move Black Widow to next summer or next spring. Uh, no, they can't. They, they gotta they gotta get money back for that. They can't. They can gotta get money back for it. But the thing is they're not filming anything else right now. Right. So everything's being pushed back already. So why not fill that gap with a film that's already in the can and ready to go? Right. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. All right. What's up next? Well, staying in that whole Marvel universe or now moving on to Marvel Comics, the Alien and Predator licensing has returned to Marvel. Well, I shouldn't say returned to Marvel. For the comic books, not for not for film. Yeah, we're talking just comics, yes. But <clears throat> when Disney bought 20th Century Fox, they got all those right. characters, and they, they were licensed to Dark Horse Comics to do comic books and have been since 1988? Yeah. Now Disney's going to cover all its ladders, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's why it's to Marvel. It's the money's going to go back to, into the company. Oh, yeah. Why not, why not bring it in-house? I mean, 
feel bad for Dark Horse. Dark Horse made a bunch of money off licensing. I mean, they licensed and did Star Wars comics for years, for 20, 30 years. Right. I've done, you know, it's the tr- it's the trouble with the licensing model though. When you license something from corporations, they can take it away for whatever reason anytime. It's 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 you know it's kind of like you're. It's pretty unfortunate if you've built your whole livelihood like on Facebook or YouTube or TikTok or something because when something like that goes away or changes it, your whole livelihood could change. So it's tough. It's tough when you're just licensing, you know. So Dark Horse, I, I'm sure they have plenty of their own um, ownership of comics, but it's tough when you have the big names and they go away. Exactly. Exactly. So I wasn't surprised. I mean, for me, I figured it was only a matter of time. I mean, as soon as, you know, they could, the, the contracts had completed with Star Wars license to Dark Horse, I knew it was a matter of time before Alien and Predator and those franchises moved over. It just makes sense. Right. Yeah, I, I, it, great. I'm not going to read it anyways. I don't care who's printing it. <laughs> so, I I can't believe there's a huge audience for this anymore. I mean, isn't this horse beaten to death? These two things, like, please don't make. I don't know how you can say that and still read all the Star Wars stuff. Yeah, but Star Wars can go here and there in different areas. Like, but I mean, because those particular characters don't have souls or talk, I don't give a shit. It's just other group of people getting killed by them. Like, you know what I mean? There's no new story. Well, I mean, it's another group. It's another group of idiots are going to stick their head into a fucking egg thing. Oh my god, no! There's nothing new there. Star Wars, you can go in different directions. Like we'll talk about it later. The Bad Batch, that's going to be something different. Um, you, you have different types of characters that actually talk that you care about. Like the only thing that I've seen in Alien and Predator are just humans. It's not like they go to another planet where there's different species of people talking and they're taken over. Am yeah, I wrong? But- I don't know. Oh, I think you're wrong, only because I'm a fan of both franchises, so of course I'm going to think No, I mean, have they gone to other planets and different kind of species, fight with them, and that you care? You know, that's what I'm asking. Is it always humans against them? It's not always humans. I mean, you got to bring humans at some point, because otherwise, what are you paying attention to, right? I mean, Star Wars still has humans everywhere and in main roles. Absolutely. No, I'm not so, arguing that. Um, yeah, we, we've, I mean, not so much in the movies. Obviously, in the movie Predators... Uh, we were on a different planet. I don't know if you ever saw mm-hmm. that film. I um, did not. <laughs> I try. I got pissed. I got Predator. I liked Predator. The original Predator is a great movie. Alien is a great movie. Aliens is a great movie. The rest are not. Well, we could do a whole episode on it, and I'm sure we will at some yeah. point. I would argue sure. that Alien 3 is nearly a great movie. It's just the wrong movie for the third film in the franchise. I don't even know what it was. There was one on the prison planet. Oh, uh, you know, I think I did see that one. It was terrible. Well, I would say technically it's a good film. Mm-hmm. Technically done. Anyhow, that's not the point of this episode. Point of this right. episode is while we're talking about news. So, Aaron and Predator, those comic book licenses, licenses, sorry, have moved to Marvel. Doesn't I mean it's not a surprise to anyone because Disney owns Fox, and Disney owns Marvel, so. But Why you're going to buy these. You're, you're, you're going to wait till they become trade and then buy them, right? I probably will. At a used place. You know, um, I've actually bought a fair number of the recent Alien trades from Dark Horse, and they were good. Hmm. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. The, the franchise did get watered down over time. It got tired, and they kind of, I wouldn't say rebooted it, but kind of said, okay, we're going we're gonna to take a different approach. And those are the trades I bought recently, and I enjoyed them. But you're right. There's only so much they can do. I'll grant you that. But I, I, it's more of a kin. So you know, you have the great universal horror, you know, horror monsters yeah. right, from the fifties. In the eighties, we basically had the silver age of monster movies. People just didn't realize it at the time. You had Alien. You had Predator. You had yeah. Terminator. You know. Can you maybe even throw a right. RoboCop in there? Right. I still right. Think no, these... no, 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 no. Go ahead. I say no doubt. I mean, I, I get it. I love the aesthetics of them. I love what they are. I just, I think they just, you know, where's where's the soul? Like some of the movies are just like slash and burn, and that just doesn't do it after a while. 
I, I agree. I mean, we're not seeing it as much with Star Star Wars. Um, you know, they're investing more into it, but it's still part of it. I mean, you can hardly argue that this last prequel or last sequel uh, trilogy wasn't a bit of a cash grab. Of course it's a cash grab. It's all about making money. No, I understand no. that, but they put more into it, right? Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. you know, Alien and Predator, they don't seem to have invested much in them, and it right. shows. Right. That like, said, I mean... They should, do a, they should do a cool, like, a Netflix... Like, don't worry about the movies. Do some kind of series. I don't know. Anyways, we've probably beat that enough, just like they, they beat it enough. Let's let's move on. We've got... I want to make sure we talk Old Guard. Yeah, um, next piece of news. Uh, I'm really excited. Uh, I think Michael is. We kind of got into a... Uh, texting thing with our good friend alan which again he'll be on the show at some point again we love alan uh ready player two by ernest klein coming this november i personally ready player one is one of my favorite books i've ever read is it literary greatness hell no like it's not like some brilliant prose it's not tolkien it's not somebody that is going to change the way stories are told or any of that but goddamn, is that one of the most fun books i've ever read and i totally understand why somebody may hate it. It truly appeals to me, my my ours time that we grew up. Um, it's me at fourteen. Everything in that book is a reference to that. So I totally get it. While why the millennials and everybody else would go, this is a stupid book. But I'm super excited for Ready Player Two. I, if Aaron was here right now, he'd tease me. My bets are definitely hedged. And the reason for that, okay, let me let me go positive first. Yeah. I'm right there with you with Ready Player One. And I get also why people wouldn't like it for all the reasons yeah. you said. I mean, it was written for Gen X men. Yep. 100%. Um, you know, I've and there's nothing to- wrong. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. People don't have to write for everyone, you know? So I don't want to paint like a negative brush there. There are books written especially for 15 year old girls there's and that's great and there's books written for whatever you know so it's okay like i don't want to make that sound like that's a negative i hear you but i i've i've heard some of the criticisms of, of people saying you know it's it's a gen x man's wet dream mm-hmm. and maybe they don't like you know they, they don't appreciate you know how the women are portrayed and whatnot i I admit the first time I read it, I've only read it once, but I admit when I read it, I, I didn't catch that. But again, I may not because I'm a I man. didn't catch it either. I've read it three times. I don't remember anything. I, I try to stay, you know, quote unquote woke, but for me, I tore through it. I, yeah, I'm not a fast reader, but I read that book, I think in four nights straight and just stayed up that late every night to read it. I did. Yeah. I read Love it like it. in two days. Now that said, did you read Armada? No. See, this is why I'm worried. You know, let, let's face it. Ready Player One was a huge, I don't, I don't know if it's so much a cultural touchstone, but it definitely affected Gen X men. And most Gen X men that I know read it loved it. And it blew my mind. I loved it too. It was one of the best books I read at the time. It's one of my all-time favorite books, just like you. Yep. But to go that far and get that much hype, you know, the next book is probably not going to be as good, no matter what. I, and I recognize Now, it's a different that. story. It's not the same characters in Armada, correct? Correct, correct. Armada is... So, spoiler alert, because it's been out for years now. Armada kind of takes that same trope. It's not inside of a virtual reality video game. Instead, it basically takes kind of the plot of The Last Starfighter, which, again, a Gen X 80s movie... Right, which I didn't like. You didn't? No. See, I liked it. I loved it as a kid. Well, you were you were a little younger, didn't quite get things. <laughs> <laughs> I know you were much more illusioned than I was. You were like dipping into your big league chew and watching that stuff. <laughs> While well, I was going through my garbage pail kids. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I liked the last Starfighter, but the point is they they basically rip off the plot of The Last Starfighter, but then also 
but instead of being like an arcade game, they move it to now. It's a massive multiplayer online game. Gotcha. But same kind of thing. You do well, and you are now part of this uh, galactic space where this, I shouldn't say galactic, but the space force. And it's the ripoff is so obvious, they even reference it in the book. <laughs> like, they kind of do a wink and a nudge, like, isn't this the plot of The Last Starfighter? <laughs> But once again, the main character, you know, he's a young man, I'd say in his 20s or so. You know, we are men in our mid to late 40s. So his father was the same and was really into everything geeky during the 80s. And that's all he left him behind. So there's a lot of 80s nostalgia again. So I'm like, as much as I loved Ready Player One, and I knew Armada wasn't going to be as good. Having all these geek references, and again, all the 80s references, made me start to think Ernest Klein is a one-trick pony. It's quite possible, right? Like, I here's my hope for this film. Or film. Well, it probably will be a film. Um, I hope it has nothing to do with Ready Player One. I, I, I really hope that there's no... Totally different characters. I hope it's a different story. And, I mean, the connotation of Ready Player Two could actually just say it's a whole new person. It doesn't have to be... Because that's the whole point of when you switch in a video game. You have Player One and Player Two, right? It's a different person. And they have a different experience. Now, I'm hoping it has nothing to do with what it did before. Um, but it, it did say that, you know... Klein did say that it was it would be it would have different storyline involving all of the characters. And that bothers me. Um... I was hoping that it would be a totally different area, right? Like, could be, for whatever reason, it could be just different types of characters. I don't care who or what they are, and and, and done that way. Um, so, if it's just going to be the same thing as Ready Player One, and no, you know, just just another adventure, you know, it better be damn good. Like, it better be like um, Last Crusade good, you know. So if it can do what Raiders did in that series, which are basically all the same types of movies, right? There's not much difference. They're just they're going to find an artifact and wait, 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 wait. And trouble, trouble ensues. We might um, have to do a we might have to do a show on our ranking of the Indiana Jones movies. We should. Are you saying the Last Crusade's good? Yeah, I love it. Huh. How can you not like Sean Connery? What are you talking about? It's definitely third. Oh, I'd say it's before Temple. Nah, Temple was awesome. Temple was awesome. I like them all, except for maybe four. Uh, King of Christmas. We, de- we, we definitely know. We definitely know four is last. So there, yeah, there's, a show. yeah, there's no um, argument there. We'll we'll come back yeah. to that at a later date. But <laughs> yeah, but anyways, you, but it's still a good movie. Like there's, there are three of those are fun movies, right? Right. We can, we can we 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 can't. I mean, there's no arguing that. There's some great moments in in. Last Crusade, and I'm sure there's some things that people like. But at the end of the day, this is going to have to do that. And and you know, if you're telling me that Armada wasn't good, and maybe maybe he is a one trick, you know, maybe he is. But I'm not saying so was kind of so was kind of Tolkien. Wasn't Tolkien kind of a one trick? You you can answer that better than I. I've never read Tolkien. Well, I mean, he's famous for the Hobbit series and Lord of the Rings, and then the other things are kind of tertiary, ter- you know, around that. Um, and I haven't read all his books, and I could be totally wrong. So, but so that's unfair of me to say that. But I mean, I love those books. But yeah, <clears throat> Tolkien at least wrote a trilogy, right? I mean, yeah. I'm just saying. Like I said, I agree with you. The first one, the first book is fantastic. I know there are people out there that don't like it. I loved it. It's one of it's in my personal. If it's not my personal top five, it's definitely in my personal top ten of books. Yeah, it's just fun. It's not great. Like, I totally get why people would hate it. I totally understand why it's not, right. you know, totally, quote, unquote, well-written, you know, like yeah. author prose. But you know what? The world needs to, needs ditch diggers, too. So oh, can't have a, I can't have a writer read. There's some, there's some books I read where I know it's a light read, and I'll be done with it in a day and a half, and I'm okay with that. Right. That's um, what it is. It's pulp fiction. It's fiction. Nothing. Well, right. you know, it's not nothing, but... I just, like I said, Armada, I'm not saying it was bad. It just was, obviously, it was never going to be as good just because of the hype surrounding Ready Player One. 
it was it was fine. It was just like I said, kind of one trick ponyish. So we'll see. I, I don't get me wrong. I want Ready Player Two to be awesome. I want to love me too. it. Me too. But it can't be the same. Exactly. So that's all I got to say. I'm, my my head my bets are hedged. I hope it's awesome, but I'm a little worried. All right. Well, I definitely will, will read it. I'm sure you will too, and we'll have a review. What's next? Well, we finally got the trailer for Star Trek Lower Decks, the animated show that's going to be premiering on August 6th, CBS All Access. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the trailer, Joe? No, I have zero interest in this. This looks like this <laughs> looks like uh, it looks like a some kind of weird. Um, what the hell was the Matt Groening space show? I forget it already. Based like from the Simpsons, Simpsons, not Simpsons, but you know. No, I know what you're talking about. Uh, oh man, I'm having a brain fart now. Um, What's that? What'd you say? I'm having a brain fart. What was that show? Um, yeah, me too. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're terrible geeks See, right now. We're terrible. It's well, you know, COVID things are going on. We can't remember everything. Futurama. Futurama. It looks like that, or you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't even like the drawing. Like, I've seen pictures and stuff over the last weeks, and like that. The animation doesn't even look good to me. It looks like it's... The animation looks a little bit kind of. It reminds me of, uh, not entirely, but the, the Teen Titans uh, cartoon that's been on, off and on Cartoon Network forever. Yeah, I'm just. Yeah. It just doesn't. No if I show you Clone. You see Clone Wars, and then you see this nonsense, you're like, yeah, whatever. This, yeah, is, the, this is why Star Trek just... will never. This is why Star Trek will never measure. See. I have some interest. Um, okay, I'm interested. I'll admit I'm interested. But what kind of pulls me in is being a Trekkie, as long as I have been, there was an episode, I think it was called Lower Decks, uh, of The Next Generation, where the whole episode focuses on lower-ranking officers that either work in the night shift or they're just, they're obviously, they're background people. They do one episode where they focus on them. And it's interesting. And you kind of get to see, you know, just a little bit different take on life within Starfleet when you're not with the people that are on the bridge making all the calls. I, I get that. But does this... Who's this written for? Is this comedy? Is this... Is this what is this? Oh, it's definitely got some comedic, comedic elements to it. No question. I mean... but. Is it for kids? I don't think so because there's a scene in the trailer where it looks like one of the main characters is, you know, he's monologuing or kind of doing a captain's log, even though he's not a captain, and he's in his in his quarters in the dark and he's naked and he turns around and mm-hmm. they bleep out some swear words. So I I don't think this is for kids. So I don't know who its audience is. I mean, I'm going to watch it. It looks interesting to me. Is it going to? I'm going to ask you since you're the you're the the Trek person here. Well, is this going to? <laughs> yeah, right. Is there? Is this going to add to the to the mythos and the the canon of Star Trek, or is this just a show? Like, I think when Star Wars does something to the for the most part for the animation, it it adds to the canon and brings new Why? stories and, and consumers in. Like, is could one of these? Lower deck people become an upper deck people down the road and be somebody like in, I don't know, next generation or something. I don't know. Well, like, I don't even know what time place. Because I think it takes place sometime after. Uh, okay, see, so yeah, I don't even know. Whatever. You know what I mean? Is it going to take. Are they going to move on to somebody later in real. I don't know. Um, it's, it's a big. We're not sure yet. I think it all depends on how successful it is. But mm-hmm. my understanding is that they're taking the same approach that Lucasfilm is with every Star Wars show, that if they release it with a Lucasfilm stamp on it, it's canon. Okay. Whether it's a comic, a young adult novel, a novel, you know, movie, TV show, it's all canon now. Gotcha. So okay. that's my understanding. All right. It's, you know, I'll check it out. It It might be fun. It might be awful. Who knows? But, you know, they're doing something right after the whole Next Generation film series, and that's an area I've wanted to see. Obviously, there's 20 years worth of stories they can do there before they get to Picard. So, we'll give it a shot. I'm, I'm sure if there is a popular character or characters, we can see references to them. I mean, this worked very well for Lucasfilm. Right. Saw Guerrera or 
uh, Sandala, you know, those Easter eggs are very popular. So I know you're not interested. I can't say that I'm gung-ho for it, but I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I'm not going to sign up for CBS for this. Well, I'm not going to either, but I'll probably find a way. <laughs> I'm sure we can find a way. Okay, that's I'm good unless you, there's something I'm missing in Star Trek that we can move on. We can move on. Because I don't—I mean, I don't want to put it down. I, I, I have, you know, it just if they—if they would have done something with the animation style instead of making it look like, like Family Guy or something, it just feels. You know what I mean? It's too—it's too like Fred Flintstone. It's too—it's too that. You know, I—I I just want something more for uh, a sci-fi show, I guess. And and it's almost the reason why Resistance isn't so great. You know, the Star yeah, Wars. I the animation style and resistance has really kept me from checking that show out. Right, because it just it looks too thin, you know. Whereas yeah. when you watch Rebels, you watch Rebels and you watch, you know, um, Clone Wars, it's like, wow, they really tried something different, and I like it because there's some shots that look like you're watching a film, even though you know, you know, it's mainly when there's no people in it. But I hear you, and I know it's not next on our list to talk about, but that was a pretty good segue there, so I think we should bring it up. Let's do it. So yes, so if anybody has not heard, Star Wars now is coming back uh, with that fun group, the Bad Batch, that was introduced in the finale of the Clone Wars. The final season. Um, final season, correct. And, you know, they were the the ones that were, something was slightly wrong with their DNA and they became kind of like their own, um, I'll say it for lack of better terms, like a, like an Avengers kind of thing. Everybody had like a specific type thing or, or a team i should say they're another a team we talked about a team before for something else i can't remember what it was but um so the bad batch is coming back and a and it's dave filoni is, is the is the producer of it so i have really good thoughts there i'm sure he's not gonna let anything go poorly you know um i'm not sure i want this like i i could see them i wish they would spend money somewhere else maybe on on, on different areas um i think that this era has been kind of done for a while but I'm going to watch it for damn sure. Well, uh, what era do you think it is? Well, it's it's after Order 66. Yes. Okay. I just want to make sure that you, we're on the same page. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, it's after Order 66. I mean, we haven't really explored it, but we have Solo. We have we have um, Rogue One, which is, again, 10 years and t- almost 20, respectively, um, afterwards. So there could be some really cool things. Like maybe they get into... The, how the crime lord syndicates get going. You know, we, we saw a little clip of them in the finale of, of um, the Clone Wars. So maybe we see what Crimson Dawn does. And maybe we see how Darth Maul gets into all that. That would be cool. I would assume that maybe, you know, Darth Maul is brought back into this again because Filoni likes to do that. Um, yeah, yeah. So maybe he shows how Crimson Dawn really becomes a thing. Um, you know, maybe they show... Maybe they show how stormtroopers are recruited. You know, maybe they, I mean because right now there's no real government; it's still clones, right? So they've got to get real people. There's a big time difference between then and Rogue One, where you assume that by that time it's people, not clones, right? They're recruited because we've Correct. seen Solo. Solo is like ten years before Rogue One, so and you see Han Solo was recruited. So maybe they get into all that, which could be cool, right? I just I'm going, you know, I just think that like. And I don't want to talk too much because I want to hear your thoughts. But I just think what I'm missing from Disney, what I'm super missing from Disney, and what everything that's been done is the Force. You know, like I want to see Jedi and stuff again. Like I, I, you know, I. That's all. I, I, I just. No, we're not. Well, we we may not. You know, just depends. Well, you're not going to with this because they're saving that. I'm sure. But, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking Captain Rex will be in this because how are they going to get those chips out of their head? Do they have chips in their head? Well, I think once once the order was, you know, communicated, that was it. Do they remove me? I don't know. Maybe well, no, they're still under the it. thumb. They're still under the thumb, right? The Emperor could have other things in that chip. I mean, that's, that's, right. that's just one thing. So I would assume that yeah. he would liberate them. I mean, these are all guesses on my part, just knowing how, you know, what Filoni has written and what his characters and his love for the characters that he created. Here's my thing. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm interested, um, especially if they kind of keep that style, the animation style from the Clone Wars. I really, really like that in the seventh season. Yep, for sure. I know, I know it evolved over the course of the Clone Wars, but that's because yeah, because it got more money, it could do more. Right. I think it was the same same engine, but it got better, just like video games get better. 
Yep. Yep. And I'm okay with that. I, I would like to see. Oh. I would like that. Say, I think it's a must. Yeah, because then it, it kind of keeps it thematically attached. Mm-hmm. But I'm interested in that from what I'm seeing here is that it's going to follow the Bad Batch, and obviously they're not they're not going to be part of the clone army anymore because the war is over. And apparently they're taking mercenary jobs. Right, so, like, so they are the A-team. Right. So I'm exactly like you said, the A-team. That interests me. Now, I am a little concerned. I, I'm not quite the Filoni fan you are, but I'm, I'm getting there because everything I've seen that he's had, you know, he's had creative control over, I've enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But I did notice in the credits and in, in when, they, when they talked about this show, yes, he's got an executive producer credit, but he's not, I, I, mean, I might get the title wrong, like he was like the creative director of the Clone Wars, right? Well, yes, yeah, but I think he's still that here. Um, he's not. I think no, but I mean, when you do something like this and it's close to him, there, it's going to be hard for him not to like partly be art director. You know what I mean? Kind of like Lucas. Lucas didn't direct Empire, right? But it's still, right. You know? I just saw I that someone else was listed under that. And I I don't have the article in front of me, but someone else was listed. Uh, well, they've got that. a few. They've got a few people uh, producers. You know, they've got. Uh, I'll write it here. I have the list here. So. Athena Portillo, Portillo, Star Wars Clone Wars and Rebels. Brad Rao, Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars Resistance. Jennifer Corbett, who's on Resistance at NCIS. And Carrie Beck, who's part of The Mandalorian and Rebels. And then co-executive producer Josh Rimes as producer of Star Wars Resistance. So it's basically his team. They've all, they've all worked on Clone Wars, or most of them have, and Rebels. So I think it's the same team, so I'm not going to worry about it. I'm good with that, but I think... I think Filoni's not going to be as involved because I think he's busy with the Mandalorian. Yeah, sure. But it's probably so, not going to tie in somehow. I'm sure Well, I just say, you know me, I, I, I'm i excited. I'm interested. I really like the Bad Batch. I'd like to see where they go. I know you want to see lightsabers, but that's for, um, let's face it, the Force, lightsabers and all that, that's going to be part of the High Republic. So, Well, they need to get something. Go. They need to get something you know, more soon. Like, I don't want to wait for a book and then five years for some film to get back into the, the mythos of Star Wars. Like, I just don't. Because I there's, a, there's a, what makes Star Wars unique is the Force and how it goes through everything and, and, and what it does. I, I mean, I you know, this is good. Like, I'm excited, but I don't need it. I, you know, and I didn't need Solo and I enjoyed it, right? But if, I ne- but if it never happened, I wouldn't have been like, oh man, I really wanted that fucking Han Solo movie. You know what I mean? But I enjoyed it, but... It's, whether they made it or not was no deference. Um, I guess you could say the same about Rogue One, and I would be horrified if that never came out, knowing what I know now, right? Because I just love that movie. Right. Um, but I just but, don't think anything after Order sixty six. You're not going to see a lot of Jedi again because there just aren't any. You know, well, Ahsoka's out there. So I'm, I understand. I'm Ahsoka will pop in and out of this. I'm sure. We'll, we'll see Jedi. I'm not or. Well, no, no. We'll see, see you haven't seen you haven't seen Rebels. You haven't you watched season one, so Kanan, Kanan's out there, Caleb, Caleb Dune. If you, I get it. So he's I get out it. there. So, but I really think they're going to save all the super force and stuff. That's I mean I think we're going to get all of that plus because right. I, I can now, guarantee you a High Republic show is in the offing. It's it's either going to be live action or animated. Sure. We're going to get something. You're you're right. And you know what I. I and I shouldn't say it this much either. I didn't expect any force at all in Mandalorian, and I got a friggin' baby Yoda that has the force. Right. So I'm wrong, you know. To be honest with you, they have the force in there. So, anyways, I, it, it looks like it's going to be fun. I'm glad that they're putting more money, or at least getting going back to the well. But I do think it's time for them to move in other directions too. You know, I think it's well, just time. Well, and again, remember the other thing too. Um. I don't know if this was their original plan. Maybe it was. But right now it's it's harder to do live action because of COVID. No one knows when we'll be able right. to open up all the studios again. Animation though, even though it's slower, they can all work. They can from do home. the Absolutely. They can record they can record everything from home. So yeah, that's good. All right. What's next? Uh, last two items we're gonna go back to the Warner Brothers universe. Um, they're both Batman related. Yeah. So, at this point, it's old news, but the word is Michael Keaton's back as Batman in the Flash movie. 
Right. Well, this is because the Flash movie is it's Flashpoint, right? Or something like that? Is I don't that know what we're hearing? that has been confirmed, but that seems to be the hubbub every time they bring up the Flash movie, that it's going to be a Flashpoint. It's going to be a soft reboot of sorts of the DC Universe. It's yeah, it'll be like the new fifty two. Maybe they'll use that. Maybe they'll go back to that. Maybe they'll use all those reference. I didn't read all Maybe of them, so. but I did start. But that was the point. Establish right? within the movies too, which they've already done on the TV shows. But establish within the movies the notion of the multiverse. Right, but if they did the new the, the new fifty two, isn't it? Wasn't that a flashpoint incident? Didn't that start that way? Oh yeah, oh yeah, it came okay. out of it. So yep. It seems like a so Keaton that would be cool. I think it's a nice callback. He'll be old, obviously. Maybe some old, you know, maybe like Dark Knight Returns, Batman. I'd be into it. I mean, all I know they did it already, and the you know the Arrowverse, and we saw you know the Crisis on Infinite Earths and blah blah blah. I never watched the end of that. I only saw like the first two, and I was like, mm. but we did see different Earths and different versions of Batman and whatnot. I mean, yep. It was yep. it was cool, but I would you know seeing Keaton back in the mask as an old Batman, yeah, I'd watch that. It'd be fun. It could be fun. Well, it could be fun. We'll see. We we have to you know DC has got to figure it out. And but of course, because we're talking about Batman now, the rumor or not the rumor is there is a Gotham PD show coming out, which odd because they just did Gotham on Fox, but now this is a different mm-hmm. Gotham. That's going to be the prequel is, to the new Batman film. Is it going to be on the HBO Max? Is that where that's going? I believe so. Yes. So it's not. It's not going to be on regular TV. So they can no. do more than Fox, maybe. Because I really, yeah. really enjoy the Fox series. I didn't think I would. I mean, there's no reason I should like that show. But some of the actors and the way they wrote, like Penguin, was so cool. In in that show, um, they could never say the words "the Joker" for some reason. I think it was some kind of contractual thing, so they never actually said "the Joker." Um, uh, they just called this guy named Jerome, who ended up being the Joker. But uh, it was a really good show. It was, it was, it shouldn't have been, but it was good. So maybe this could be good. I mean, do they need it? It's kind of like going back to the Bad Batch. Do I need the Bad Batch? Not really. Do we need this? Like, what is this going to do for us? Like, you know, it's totally just going to set up the new movie in the universe that the new movie is in. So it's going to come out before the movie comes out. That's my understanding. It's supposed to be a prequel series. If it doesn't come out before the movie, it'll at least <laughs> fill in the backstory after the movie comes out. No, being a fan of Gotham Central, the comic that was written by Greg Ruka and Ed Brubaker, they mm-hmm. did the night shift. One did the night shift, one did the day shift, and then they had Michael Lark doing the art. That entire series is fantastic. I've got the omnibus, and it's one of my favorite things. Okay. If they did that series, oh man, I'd be 100% in. Is that what they're saying? I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Right now they're calling it Gotham PD. If they call it Gotham Central, I'd be like, yes, because that's what they call the comic. So we'll see. I'm, I'm interested, but minorly interested. I tried to watch Gotham. I know you liked it. Uh, when it was on Fox, I got like maybe four or five episodes in. And I'm like, I just don't care, and I stopped. Yeah, it's one of those shows where it takes a it takes almost a full season. It's kind of like I said with with the original um, Clone Wars, um, and then some things happen and it starts getting good. It's 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 by far not perfect, but like I said, if you're telling me that all these people are what I didn't like, so the. The premise of that Gotham was all the villains are established before Batman comes, which is totally the opposite of everything I've ever been told about Batman. But, right, but then, you know, there's the idea of the multiverse, so it could be anything, right? Yeah, it's just another story. Right. It's another story. So, anyways, it could be good. Um, luckily, I already have HBO Max as part of my cable, and I'm, you know, I wouldn't hate just to have this show. Just, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> we shall see. That, that's a big deal to me. Like I, 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 I got Disney Plus because of the Mandalorian set, but that's me. Obviously, I'm a Star Wars nerd, but um, that show was worth my money for me. Maybe not for everybody else. Um, so I just watched the trailer for the Umbrella Academy. That's our next thing that's coming out. Uh, should come back on July 31st, the end of this month, in a couple of weeks. I thoroughly enjoyed the first season. Really cool characters. 
Um, I'm a little worried about this one. I like I, I like the preview, you know, getting into the 60s and all that kind of stuff. If anybody's watched the preview, it's another, you know, the world's going to end and there's a time clock. So that's my whole thing. It's like, oh, okay, they're just, again, it's kind of like talk, when we talked about Ready Player 2. This just looks like the same thing, just a little set a little different. Yep, I'm interested. It's, it's kind of weird how they're in the 60s and apparently in Dallas and somehow it's connected in some way, shape, or form to the Kennedy assassination. I'm not sure. Right. But it's right. interesting. It's a different take. Right. I'm all for it. I did notice that there appears to be a new uh, nefarious, you know, time hopping, reality hopping right. yep. police force of some sort coming after him. They all look like, what, ice cream men or milk men or something? Right. And they're all yeah. white and blonde, I think. Yep. Yeah, yep. You get so, it. Now, I didn't read this. Did you read the comics of these? I did not. I did not. I'm, neither, I'm neither did I. picking them up, but I haven't read the comics. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe that's another. Maybe it is book two or something. That's you know, I don't know enough about the Umbrella Academy. Well, I know it's the second one because the first one. My understanding is that they're following the, the same arcs as the comics, and that the first okay. one was kind of how the show was. Established. You know, there's changes and stuff, but the second, the second major arc is called Dallas. So. Okay. It must be. So, it, yay! The characters are great. I'll, I'll definitely watch it. I mean, it's not going to cost me any more because I've already paid for Netflix, and that's the beauty of these kind of shows, right? Just shows yep. up. You know, I have to admit, it was a the first season was a bit of a slow burn, but once I don't know what episode once. it was, but the first episode, I'm like, all right, fine. Somewhere two, three, or four, I don't know which one. I was hooked, and I thought it was very interesting. So, I'm I'm eager for this as well. I'm. Yeah, you have you have to you have to take these series, you know, as one long movie now. Like they're ten episodes or eight episodes. It's really they're eight hour films. So if you break storytelling down into eight hours, right, your first two two and a half is Act One, right? And then right. you've got three three that are Act Two and two that are Act Three, right? So it, it, those and usually by the third one you're into it because that's the end of Act One and something happens to propel you into the real meat of the story, right? It's, it's, if, if people really pay attention to what they're watching, they'll notice this. They'll notice this. Not trick. It's just the way things are written in three acts. And when you have these series, it's not like watching like X-Files or something where you have the throwaways. These these Netflix shows are definitely one long film. That's how they do it. Yeah. Well, to that point, competitor, the boys over on Amazon, I was hooked from episode one. Right. Right. Absolutely. We, you and I, have always been on the same on this one. There's no arguing any of this. I super so, can't wait. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So just so everyone's clear, yeah, we're talking about the Boy Season Two trailer came out. A lot more violence is coming. It's, yes. Uh, Shit ton of violence. Even the preview is like, holy cow. Yeah, there's some violence. I mean, there's a lot of violence in that preview. I've, you know, I'm not even going to guess where it's going to go. I didn't read the comics, but I know that the first season took some major shifts away from these, the story in the comic. So I'm not even going to hazard a guess. If they give us more of what we saw in season one, but different, right. I'm, I'm in. Yeah, I want to see, you know, obviously there's going to be character arcs for a lot of them. You know, some might go good, some might go bad, I'm assuming. Kind of like dark side, light side kind of thing. Um, you know, where you're going to have almost like a civil war, I would assume. Something like that. Um, but it's one of those shows. I just, I'm in, let me show me where you go. You know, I'm totally in. I'm excited. All right. Let's, uh, let's, let's get into a review. I'm going to skip one of the rumors. Cause as I, I had a rumor here that Lucas was going to bring something back and I'm not, I'm not even going to go down that road. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to do that. Uh, so Michael and I had an opportunity, and if you have Netflix, you should take this opportunity to watch The Old Guard. And that movie starring Charlize Theron, and I don't know all the, all the people in it. Kiki Lane, Matthias Schoenartz, I don't know, Marwan Kanzari, Lucha, Marinelli. Don't what forget what I'll eat you for. Yeah, I was going to let you do that. Um, came out on Netflix, uh... Michael, I'm going to let you start this one because I think you watched the film before me. 
I uh, actually I don't know if I did. Uh, we started it on you, Friday night. You did because you 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 posted a review. Uh, uh, okay, a little bit, not a review, but a, you know what I'm saying. We uh, we started it on Friday night. I wanted to watch it all Friday night, but um, Shay was very tired, so no complaints there. But we got through the first 15 minutes. So if you if you have no idea what the movie's about and you don't know if you want to watch it, yes, yeah, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Yeah. There's lots of spoilers. But if you just want to, if you have no idea, but you're like, what's the buzz? Just watch the first 15 minutes. That first 15 minutes, there was a good yeah. stopping point. So if you're like, you know what, I want to keep going, you can. If you don't, you stop right there. You've seen what you needed to see. So yep. we started classic writing. Classic writing. In. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yes, it's classic writing. It's like Lucas does. You start things in the middle of things, right? You don't know what, you know, you, that's that's like how he starts all his stories, and it's the first 10 pages. And people don't realize how much has been stolen from that, that particular idea. It was really good. Oh, yeah. Well, he stole it too. It's, it's, uh, yeah. It's I didn't say he poetry. came up with it. I said, he, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. You start things what they call in medias race in the middle of things. Yep. Yep. That's what we get in this, uh, this, um, it's uh it's based on the comic book by Greg Ruka and uh, Leonardo Fernandez. Did you read so, those? I did. In fact, I read it. I think the comic came out in 2017. I bought it around then. I remember hearing. Here's the thing. I'm already a fan of Greg Ruka. Ruka. I may be butchering his name, and I apologize. Uh, I've heard both, so I should find out how to say his last name. But the thing is, I've been a fan of his for a long time. He did a great series called Queen mm-hmm. and Country which was about espionage and his main characters are almost always female. Not always, but almost. Um, Queen and Country is fantastic. It, it went from comics to novels and back. It's an amazing series. Um, he wrote Stumptown, which is now the um, show on ABC. Mm-hmm. He, he's written so many wonderful characters right now i'm reading lazarus that's his current comic book that's out right now uh well i should say current he's also got a second old guard series that's you know coming out as well so i wouldn't be surprised if we see a second film the point is i've been a fan of greg rucka for a long time so when i saw this this comic was out about immortal soldiers i was like yeah i'll check that out so i, I read the trade probably a good two three years ago so I've been I've been waiting for this movie to come out because I loved the comic. Okay. So, did you like the movie then? Yes, hundred percent. You? I loved it. Thought it was great. Um, so we're not going to argue too much here. Uh, but so did did it follow the comic or did it take a lot of detours? Um, I'd say it it took a lot of the story beats. There were a couple little changes. Um. I think I think he gave more depth to the characters in the movie. Oh, good. Because uh, movies kind of require that a bit more. Um, so I will say this though: it took me a while to like the movie. Like in terms of like, I really like it. You know what I mean? Like I can't wait for the next thing. Um, I mean, it was fine to watch, but it, it the what it really kicked in for me, and maybe it's late kicking in, but I, I did enjoy where it was going. And here, this is a major spoiler, but kind of like. When they when you find out the good they actually did when they show the mapping of everything she did and then this person went on to do and get a Nobel Prize and all these people that they saved and how I thought that was just that just made everything that I just watched ten times better. Do you know what yes. I'm saying? Yes, I agree. Um, so when I watched it the first as I'm watching it till then I'm like it's just another X Men and people are, whatever it's just a bunch of people going to kill people. But then when you find out that there's actually good to it and this is how they're superheroes in a way. That's what. That's when the film and the story really turned to me and really got me jazzed. And I know that's probably forty-five to fifty minutes into a hour and a half film or two-hour film. I can't remember exactly where. I would say it was longer um, than that. It might have been longer than that. And I didn't hate it up until then because I really enjoyed the characters. I mean, the characters are great um, in, in the film. But when it hit that spot, I'm like, oh shit, that's so much better now. Like it just really kicked it into a different territory for me. I agree with you 100. percent For me. Um, okay, so in my first 15 minutes, there was a scene that I thought was impressive and really gave me a hint to the detail we were going to see in this film. So one of the things I liked was, so at the beginning when they're all shot and all killed and they're all mm-hmm. dead, you're waiting for right. them to come back to life. 
that scene where they focused in on Charlize Theron's face. Yeah, to watch the pupil but, come back to life. Yes, because whoever did the special effects on that, bravo. Because not only was she, you know, sitting there blankly staring off into space, they went through and must have digitally removed the life from her eyes. Right. Because when it slowly comes back and you see her eyes regain color and she wakes up and she breathes, oh my God, that yeah. it was like watching someone come back to life. It was very well done. Yeah, very much. Very good. So, but like you were saying, for me, I thought most of the film was very much like John Wick with Immortals. Yeah, and, I, I, yeah. I see there's, that. A, there's a lot of cool hand-to-hand combat. There's hand-to-hand combat with guns. There's lots of headshots. Yeah. But I agree with you 100% that the movie went from good to maybe great in that scene where it jumped, where you find out that's their purpose. Yeah. Maybe that's why. Yeah, and I, I, you know, and there's a lot that I, the other thing I like too is that even though all this this shooting stuff's happening, it's still a small film. And I loved that. I loved that it was, yes. you know, the big bad drug guy, you know. They, like, here's one thing I hate about all films when you have the smart guy that's just a, a little prick, you know what I mean? Like a skinny little fuck. Why do people put up with that? Why, why, why do people that are, that work for him, like, punch him? Fuck you. Like, like you little squirt ass. Like, you know what I mean? Just because he's smart. Like, every, I always say this. If I was ever going to write a film where you had, like, uh, some big guy like that or some head of a department or the head of the mafia, you know what I mean? That's the, everybody's scared of. My first 10 pages would be a 12-year-old kid with a gun just pops him in the head. Fuck you. You're dead. And then now what? Everything's <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, that's it. Like, you, this guy's nothing now. Now there's going to be a big fight of who's the next mob boss, you know, that kind of thing. It was just throw everybody off. Like, if you get somebody come in, like, in the, in the Godfather and just kill, you know, the Godfather in, like, the first 15 minutes it's some fucking kid with nothing, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Anyways, I, I digress. But I mean, that's the point. I mean, he, he he was a little. The only thing I didn't like was that character because he's just a little too done. Like they're always done. And I would have liked a little more. I would have liked a little more complicated villain. Um, which, in some sense, the 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 guy who was the uh, who lost his wife, who helped him get these immortals to you know that guy was a much better character because he was and you know he ends up you know becoming part of it again. Spoilers, but. Um, I like that he was he conflicted, right? And some of the best, like the reason Thanos is really good because he really believes in what he's doing, and he's right in some respects. If you look at it, you know, if you look yeah, at like, what he's, yeah. you know what I mean. If you look at what Thanos said, he goes, "Well, I just cleared out the next millennia, many many millennia, within the herd, right?" Right. Um, it, it's not the right in his in his mind. You can understand the right thing. This guy was just cruel, and he just wanted to make money. And I feel like they could have done more with that. And I'm not sure how the comic book is. So my only knock is that the villain is just every other character was a little more rounded, except for him. I grant you, yes, he was a bit of a mustache twirling villain. Yeah, I mean, the only thing he didn't do was tie him to a train track. I, I can grant you that. That said, making him a uh, a pharmacy bro was. Kind of uh, timely as well, though. What, you know. Oh, definitely. There's a lot of, of that. Now, is that the same? Char- is that in the comic as well? Was it this Merrick place? And uh, it's something it around those lines. I, you know, I have to admit, like, like I said, it's been a good two, three years since I read the comic, and I didn't reread it recently. I did it on purpose, actually. I thought about rereading it, but I didn't. I kind of wanted the memory of the comic to be more diminished, so I could just appreciate the movie for what it was. Totally understand that. Because don't get me wrong, I love the comic, and I, you know, I would tell people buy it, read it. It's fantastic. And then the movie came out. I didn't want to go back and go. I don't want to spend the whole movie going. Oh, they changed this part. That's not in the comic. So, to that point, I'll let you know in a day or two because I'm going to go read the comic now. Reread it again. Okay. Okay. And again, I, I I really really enjoyed this film, and I thought. Um, so let me ask you a question then. Uh, again, major spoilers. Does she does does she get her powers back at the end, or is she now like it was kind of ambiguous? Yeah, they didn't say, and I fully expect if they do a sequel, which 
the buzz around this film and the number of people that have watched it and loved it, rumor is that this was the first of a planned trilogy if it did well. I'm thinking we'll get more answers to that in the second film. I I have no doubt the way that film ended, it's obviously set up for a sequel. Yeah, for sure. We're, we're going to see more of Charlie's. And I think we'll I, good, good for her, because I think she had a lot to do with the making of this, right? I think she's a producer. Yes. Uh, I, I think she knocked it. I thought she was fantastic in this. Um, really great character. Um, I love how she just takes chances and does these things. She's super cool. Um, how is it? And I, love I, mean, the, I, love, I loved all the characters. It wasn't really a bad hero villain. I mean, our hero, I mean, the villain, like I said, wasn't that great. But um, it, it was just good. It was good. No, she did a fantastic job of projecting this weariness of I'm older than shit and we've been yeah. doing all this fighting for what? The world's getting worse and worse and worse. Right, right. But and until she like, saw when she saw her Mr. Holland's opus at the end for right. those that movie. Gosh, I love that movie. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those things for everybody in life. Like, you don't really know how you're affecting anything. You're just kind of living in your own head. And I think that's a really good metaphor for, for you know, for even people that don't think they're, they've done anything, right? Then then you look back and say, oh, well, I helped this person. Help that. You know what I mean? That's It right. really got me. That that scene really, really got me. It really turned the movie into something special. It's a fantastic scene, and you're right. That and I know I said this already, but that's what lifts the movie from a three-star to a four- or five-star. For sure. For sure. Right. People should watch it. People should definitely, you know, if you're listening to ours, um, watch the film, especially if Netflix costs you nothing. So let me ask you this. Do you think that movie would have done well at the theater? Or is it strictly, like, good for Netflix? You know what? It's hard to say because there are plenty of sleeper films out there. Let's face it. John Wick was a sleeper film. Yep. It became hugely popular. It wasn't super expensive, but it was badass. Right. It's hard to say because the audience is so fickle. So had this come out, I mean, I, I could see this coming out and getting respectable numbers. Would it be mm-hmm. the next John Wick? I think it should be, but you can't, you know, lightning, getting that lightning to strike. If I knew how to do that, then I wouldn't be making this podcast. I'd be in Hollywood making millions of dollars, right? So, Absolutely. All that said, I think the movie deserves a larger audience. I I would like to hope it did well, but then again, you know, personally, I love the film Equilibrium, which I think should have done John Wick numbers, and it didn't, and it's now a cult film. So I I guess I'm happy that it's on Netflix because it's getting buzz. And I think otherwise, this could have been a cult film. Yeah, I you know, I'm with you there. This... This is why streaming is going to win ultimately because the theater is is too it's it's almost too big it's going to fail you know what I mean it's it's they countenance so much now you can't even get small movies to do anything they beat right. up movies that don't make billions of dollars in the in, in the news industry they're killing their own they're cutting their own nose despite their face right so they're they're giving everything up to streaming yeah and it shouldn't have to be that way anyways that that's a whole podcast um, just watch it anybody that's listening to our show watch it. I'm going to throw one more thing out there that I liked about it that yeah. I want to, I got to say. I liked how it was filmed in that, don't get me wrong, I love the Jason Bourne movies. He's a badass. All that close yeah. hand-to-hand combat and guns and stuff, I love it. But oftentimes it's filmed so close and it's so chaotic, you really can't see what's going on except two people are fighting and beating each other up and then all of a sudden Jason Bourne's won and he shot the guy in the head. Yeah, that just makes things easier to shoot. (laughs) So you don't have to really show anything. They took the time to do the choreography. Yeah. And, I mean, the fight scenes in this does, it was important because it showed how well these immortals worked together. Yep. Especially at the end. Yes. Especially when they go, after they get to the big boss in the video game, right? But it wasn't. But it wasn't so close that you couldn't see what they were doing. You could see, even when Charlize's character yep. was alone, you know, yep. the action scenes were awesome. You could see what she was doing and how she was tearing them apart. And then when the team works together and they're just destroying everyone, they filmed it so you can actually see the action happening. And I missed that. And I'm glad they have it back. 
in this. Yeah, film. no, you, you, you definitely hit a, a really great part of the director, whoever directed this, I should look that up, but, um, fantastic choreography in that little things. Like if you really watch it and, and it'll catch your eye if you're watching the film, cause you haven't seen a lot of this before. Like it is so, they know each other so well that like when they pick a gun up off the floor and load it and just throw it behind his shoulder without looking and the other guy has it, he knows the guy's there, right? It's like, there's so many right. cool things like that of it is a dance that goes through and it's a wave of dance that goes through the, each hallway and how brilliant they work together. Like, you know, they've done it not 30 times, like thousands of times. Right, so there, it, it is. It is like executing a playbook. One, and they tell you that they're going to execute this playbook before they go up there. And it's a nice little joke in there. I'm going to leave that. <laughs> oh yeah, for those for those that haven't seen it, I'm going to leave that in there. I don't, I don't want to tell yeah. you. Yeah. So yeah, definitely watch it. I, I you know, it, it's a great gem, especially it, it's the summer blockbuster that we only have. It's the only one we have. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when you get a chance to watch Black Widow, we miss the whole summer blockbusters. This film. Is just like you said. It is the closest thing to a summer blockbuster we're going to get, and mm -hmm. I loved it. I'll, I'm going to watch it again. Yeah, I definitely watched it again. Um, so, uh, one more thing, I, I just want to tell everybody: if somebody wants to watch something fun, I've been watching this show on YouTube. Uh, it's it's from the Russo brothers. It's called the Russo Brothers Pizza Film School, and they do a YouTube every week, and they talk to a different person, and they pick a movie that they that has they pick a movie that have uh, has been influenced them and what they like and they talk about it. And they, if you really want to understand when, and it is film school, they break it down into beats. They tell you how act one should be. And they really get into the writing. And this one was a fun one. Uh, you may like it, Michael, because we kind of talked about this at one point. Uh, it is uh, featuring uh, Taika Waititi and the Russo brothers and they break down flash Gordon. Now, for those not in the know, Taika oh Waititi is in, is in talks of doing the next Flash Gordon. For those Shut that up. don't know, Shut up. Yeah, no, he is. And he'll tell you how much that this Flash Gordon, the one that we grew up on, influenced Thor Ragnarok. So it's a great show. Uh, it's Russo Brothers Pizza Film School. Um, look it up on YouTube. It's a YouTube show. They're all about 46 minutes. The one that was prior to this, they, they talked about Empire Strikes Back. They broke it down. Bit, beat by beat, how it's great, and who do they do that with? None other than Mark Hamill. So, uh, great, great show on YouTube. Um, you know these guys love film. They, they talk about it. Uh, it's just a good, just subscribe to their channel. Uh, if you look up AGBO uh, as well, that is the channel that they are on. So, anyways, just a little thing I wanted to throw out there because uh, I watched it yesterday and I thought you would like it. Yeah, that's the first time hearing about it right now as you're telling me on this uh, recording and as soon as I get done well, I'm going to write up you know, the yeah. intro to the show but then after that I'm watching it cool yeah it's worth your time it's definitely fun so that being said that will end this particular fun podcast uh, we thank you for listening if it's your first time thanks for coming in if you've been back Man, I'm, I'm surprised you. It's 55 shows and you're still listening. I can't thank you enough. I know we have a few of you out there. It means a lot to us. Um, what would mean even more is if you could share the podcast with your friends. Uh, we're not asking for any money or anything, but just share it. Let us let it get it out there. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Play, all those fun things. Um, and you can hit, hit us up on social because uh, Michael takes care of that 98.7% of the time. Michael, where can they find us? You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We are the Kybercast or just Kybercast. Look for either. You'll find us. And yes, I have no life and I will respond to you. Cool. That's going to wrap up the show. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. I have spoken. What a piece of junk. Boring conversation anyway.